Welcome back to the Daily Dots. This is Dots for Wednesday, November the 22nd, and the last of the week, as tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Um, Chase here with you, going solo today. The S&P today and the NASDAQ both up about 0.4%. Um, small caps up about 06 As we go down, we have the dollar up about 0.26%, and... A decent little move off of yesterday's low. I uh, haven't really reversed the trend or anything yet, but decent couple days. Um, oil down 1.2%, and it was down 4% at one point because uh, OPEC had to delay their meeting because sounds like some folks don't want to cut their production, and the Saudis do want some folks to cut their production, so that's that might get spicy as we move forward. Um, the two-year yield was up about... Uh, two bases. Well, most of the most of the other was kind of flat, but two years up up uh, a decent amount at least through most of the day after jobless claims came in a, a little um, lower than expected. Uh, that's really all I had for the markets today. Um, but I do want to get into a few things that kind of caught my eye or that I want to talk about. Um, one thing is <laughs> we've talked about this a ton, but the market and 75% of fund managers like are expecting a soft landing. Most economists, all the same ones that were saying we're going to have a recession are now saying soft landing. Um, I think we only really had one soft landing and that was the mid nineties. But if you're very generous, you can say we had four and that's 65, 85, 95. That's some interesting symmetry there. And then 2019. Um, what, what, I find fascinating about all four of those examples is well, number one, the only one I consider to be like real, the fed slashed rates whenever they thought things were going to weaken, which I, you know, been saying consistently, I don't really think the fed's going to do this time. I think they're going to stay behind the curve on cuts. Um, but in all four of those instances, the leading economic indicators were actually fine. They weren't even really falling. That's something very notable to me because as we've covered over and over here, Leading indicators at the moment are, and really for the last year and a half, have been really bad, just going straight down. Um, what's funny to me about that is I've noticed a lot of people are discounting the leading, leading indicators and saying, oh, they don't work anymore. And one of, the, one of the major reasons people are saying they don't think they work anymore is because um, one of the indicators it relies on is the yield curve. And what's interesting about that is every cycle – we have a bunch of people come out and say the yield curve doesn't matter anymore. And they always have a very specific, um, even plausible sounding reason for why this time the yield curve um, is sending a false signal. And I don't believe that. I think the leading indicators do still work. I think the yield curve does still work. Um, maybe they're not as powerful um, as they have been in the past. Yes, they've taken a long time. But again, that's not unprecedented. Sometimes cycles take this long to play out. Um but what, what I find interesting is, so everyone talks about the leading indicators, but the conference board who creates those also creates um, a set of coincident indicators. And if you chart the, the spread between those two, the difference between those two, they do something very similar to the yield curve. And that is, so we all think of the inverted yield curve as, oh, that means we're going to have a recession and everyone gets real excited about it. And often we forget that the re-steepening of the yield curve is usually about is a little better for a timing tool on when you're actually going to enter a recession historically. Well, it's the same if you take that spread between 
the leading indicators and the coincident indicators. So we've been just that that spread has just screamed higher for the last two years. But here in the last couple months, it's actually started to go back the other way. And again, just like the yield curve, whenever that whenever that spread steepens and stops going um, in what what appears to be a negative way, that that's when that's a more useful timing mechanism for recessions. So recessions typically don't happen whenever leading indicators are um, dramatically worsening over and over. It's when they start to actually get better versus um, the current data, the coincident data. So whenever the coincidence starts to melt and the leading starts to actually improve, that's usually whenever you're actually entering a recession, same with the yield curve. Whenever the yield curve so goes screaming back to being positive, that is when you are in a recession. So both of those um, tools that indicate you're going to have a recession are now indicating that the timing of the recession is at least near. It doesn't mean you have to be in one at the right this minute, but it means if these you know are going to hold serve and, and work as they have for the last 70 years that well, the timing part of it is it has caught up and now it's actually soon. So starting the clock on that now makes a lot more sense than starting on it whenever just the yield curve inverted or just leading indicators started to go down. So that was one thing I wanted to really highlight today. Um, another another was a, a great uh, article in Bloomberg today that was highlighting kind of high-end consumers uh, starting to struggle. And I, I did some similar work on especially like leisure and travel and some other things like that recently showing the like high frequency data on uh, card spending as well as uh, foot traffic using cell phone data. Uh, and the folks at Bloomberg did a great job of further massaging that data that I, I recently highlighted to my research clients to show. So they basically made an index of the top 30 uh, retailers for kind of think, think of affluent upper middle class type consumers, you know, brands like Apple that, have high ticket prices, um, you know, not cheap. Uh, a lot of, a lot of companies like that, they pick the top 30 and that has like dramatically rolled over of late. And it's been kind of weak for a few months, but here in the last couple months, especially those sales numbers on the car data have really rolled over as well as the foot traffic data, which they did the foot traffic data a for those stores, but also they found they picked, they picked out uh, a subset of malls malls in kind of affluent, you know, upper middle class kind of suburbs of some some bigger cities, places where the average uh, person, the average shopper, is probably making over a hundred grand was kind of the idea. And same thing that the foot traffic has really fallen off a lot lately. And this, as they highlighted in this article, matches up to a lot of what we heard we've heard of late. You know, especially in the third quarter earnings um, calls with a lot of companies, whether that be, you know, a, a Lowe's, Best Buy, a few others where they're kind of warning like, Hey, like uh, Kohl's comes to mind, like consumers like really starting to retrench their behaviors changing uh, target. Speaking of like another one that you, you kind of get upper middle-class buyers and they've had a lot of problems and they're warning on the health of the consumer. Um, so that was just something that was notable to me that, you know, we, we spent months talking about these kind of October-ish timeframe as like when things could start to weaken. And we've only had one month of actual like macro data kind of suggest that. But I think we've had two or three months of a little more niche data, like this card spending data and foot traffic data, things like that, to suggest like may- maybe we actually got that right. Maybe, maybe people paying back student loans again and running out of excess savings actually is you know isn't going to help their bottom line. Um, and and the last thing I'll I'll leave you with today, we'll keep the dots short, is uh, 
the New York Fed does a, a consumer survey, and and one of the questions they've been asking for many years on that is, uh, for people's ability to pay kind of a unexpected two thousand dollar expense. Um, that's something that spiked after the pandemic when you know we all got stimulus checks, so you had you had two thousand dollars to pay for this, but it is actually back to a new all time low, or it's back to an all time low. Um, so that that was just something notable to me. You know, when it comes to calling for a hard landing, it, it's it's really clear in in this very bifurcated economy we have at the moment. A lot of people have already had a hard landing. A lot of consumers have. If you're in the kind of bottom quartile, like things are pretty pretty rough on you. Even if you have a job, if you're under forty, things are pretty bad for you. Even if you have a job, and there are ten million more people under forty than over forty, so that's that's not. You know, there's not, nothing to sneeze at. Yes, a lot of baby boomers that have a bunch of assets and their house paid off are doing great. This is a wonderful environment for them. But but even some of those people are starting to pull back. Um, just something I found a little interesting on the day. But I will leave it there. And we will be back next week with more Daily Dots uh, coming on Monday. Off for Thanksgiving. And Zach has a show ready for you on Friday that you're not going to want to miss. That is all from here today. Cheers. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.